Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews to the industry's hottest games. In episode 95, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays. We then draft our most important games of the past decade. And finally, go over the next five in BGG's Top 100. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. Nah, I'm Richie. All right. PPCon full swing. It's out there. You can register. It's pretty exciting. Uh, I I can't wait. Some of the people that I've heard are already coming. Some are on our Slack. Some are just, you know, listening to us. And I cannot wait. Cannot wait. We even had, I'll tell you what, our friend, our friend, Mr. Aaron Schmidkins, who's, you know, they've heard his name on this podcast because he, you know, will contribute to like look backs and stuff like that. Right. Aaron even volunteered to give us uh, some honey to like raffle off or something as a door prize. Ooh, which nice. is, And we all know because we all tried it. Mm-hmm. That is like, I think everybody's uh, all three of us are the best honey we've ever tasted. Yeah, boy, hands down. First time go. I've ever gone through a jar of honey. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually it gets it's all usually crusty, solid. Yeah, but I just toss yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's just going to bring people in like crazy now. Uh, it now better. I mean, honey. you are missing out Ooh. if you don't get some. So yeah. Um, but if you are interested, it is now up. We will have it on our different social media pages. So you can certainly go to. The Guild at 3227 on, under Punchboard Paradise on Board Game Geek, and you can find it there. You can also find it on Facebook, and we'll also have it out there on our other platforms too. Um, and if you are have any questions whatsoever or if you have uh, wonderment, please go ahead and email us. Wonderment. That's my new word. Like okay, it's wonderment. <laughs> I just had some wonderment about some your wonderment? Yeah. Uh Yeah, but let us know. We can certainly answer any questions. Uh, we will have registration going um, up until April 15th. So you got plenty of time. Um, there's no rush. You know, don't worry to go ahead, go ahead and get your Christmas presents. Then January, you can come get your ticket. Hey, you buy your wife or your husband, you buy them a really nice gift, and then you go, hey, and by the way, I'm buying a ticket for PPCon. That's what you do. <laughs> Smart move. I got, yeah, go. I got this figured out. <laughs> I got this figured out. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I just can't wait. And and by the way, we've also start, have people start rolling in with uh, emailing little uh, quick audio file submissions to us uh, about uh, wishing us happy 100th in the future and uh, what games they want to play. And those are super fun. So would love to have more of those if, if you are so inclined because you guys are what it's all about. Totally. For the PPCon and for the podcast. I mean, that's what makes this a great time. So anyway. What thank about you. everybody who sends in an audio clip? They get a free thing of honey from Aaron. How about that? <laughs> I think, I think you, you better wanna, not be. You might want to clear that with Aaron. You better first. not be. Don't be writing checks that Aaron's hive can't cash. All right. I see what you did there. I, I see know. what you did there. That was good. That was good. Uh, all right. That's the business stuff. Let's get to some games. 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 Richie, what have you been playing? What's on your table lately? Well, I got in a game of Red Rising. I needed to up my 2021 list of (laughs) games so that when we draft our best games of 2021, I 
you can I have, pick from some I can stuff. Get, get four. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So. okay. Yeah. I mean, it is. There is a uh, a lack of of some games, it's but a little been bit. A tough it's year, been a little dry. And I just want you to know, I haven't forgotten who I'm spoke, speaking to, so I won't even ask you if you've read the series. But uh, no, I haven't read the series. And now, somebody did say on our Slack channel that they had and really enjoyed it. I was trying hmm. to remember who, but. Uh, Good. Well, I've, I mean, I've heard that that has no bearing on this game at all as far as theme. Cause, and, I, and I would agree just from, I mean, there's no narrative in this game at all. But Red Rising, uh, Stonemaier Games, uh, Jamie Stegmeyer, and basically he took Fantasy Realms and Which expanded really like. upon it. Which well, yeah, I like Fantasy Realms. Clef has played it. He doesn't remember playing it. It was at the <laughs> end of the 24-hour, uh, what's that called? 24-hour... Uh, 24-hour Extra Life fundraiser for the children's hospitals. Right. So, yeah, we played that at the end of that. You fell asleep several times during the game, uh-huh. not just the rules explanation. Okay. Even though, I mean, it's literally like a 10, 15-minute game. Right, right. You, still not ringing the bell, I see. No. He okay. was solid. How, how, how did I do? <laughs> I think you lost. I think Josh won, Okay. Whoa. if I remember correctly. I'll, I'll double-check that here. Yeah, so he's expanding upon that. So uh, the way that it works is that you have all these different cards uh, that have different factions on them. Uh, they're and and they'll have the, the the factions are different colors essentially. Right, because in the book you have different colors that have different meanings. It's a cast system oh, basically. Good to know. Yeah, didn't know that. Uh, so yeah, you have the different. Uh, you have the cast system. You have the different uh, factions in there, and on your turn you start the game. You have five cards in your hand. Okay. You won the game. I'm guessing. No, but I, I played it twice. Oh wow! <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't remember if fantasy realms played it twice. Okay. All right. So, so continue. Maybe we'll yeah, ring okay. a bell. Right. We'll ring a bell. So you start the game. You have five cards in your hand, and on your turn, you can do one of two actions. You're either going to lead, which all that means is that you play one of your cards down, and on the board, the way that it's set up is that there's four different locations, and at the beginning of the game, you seed the board, and there's two different cards on all of them. Uh, but whenever you do the lead action, you'll play down a card. Uh, you'll pick the location that you want to play it to and then it will you're deploying that card and whenever you deploy a card there are different effects that are at the bottom of the cards that will kick off uh, they let you you know take cards from other areas potentially take stuff from your opponents different things like that uh, but you'll play the card you'll do the deploy action if possible and then you have to take a card from another location other than the one that you played to and when you take the card from the other location each location has a bonus assigned to it. Uh, so uh, one of them lets you move up this fleet track, which all that is is just in-game points. Uh, it has 10 spaces, and if you get all the way to the end, you'll score 48 points. Uh, the other one lets you take helium, which are just these little red crystals, which are just worth, I think, three points each at the end of the game. The other one lets you add influence cubes to the Institute, which is basically just, at the end of the game, whoever has the most there gets so many points, second place gets so many points, so on and so forth. And then the last one lets you take uh, the Sovereign token, which is a token that will kind of move around. And you're all different houses, that, and those get handed out at the beginning of the game. And when you take the Sovereign token, your house's power will kick off. I think I was Mars or whatever it was called. But when I took the Sovereign token, I got a Helium. It's a pretty simple bonus, but that's what you're going to get. And everyone's is slightly different. So that's the main action. That's the action that you're pretty much going to do every turn for the most part the scout action which is the other option is if you are really happy with your hand 
Uh, because the way that it works is at the very end of the game, you're going to score your hand, just like in Fantasy Realms. So whatever cards you have in your hand, you'll score them, and they have different in-game bonuses, like if it's with a certain faction or if it's with another person by a particular name, it may lose you points, different things like that, just like in Fantasy Realms. But you can do the scout action, and all that is is draw a card from the deck, place it in one of the areas not deploy it place it so you won't get the deployed action at the end at the bottom of the card but you still get the bonus from that faction or that location uh and then it will eventually end with uh there are three basically game game in triggers and if any combination of the players meet all three of those the game will end or if it will trigger the last round or if one person has completed two of the things then it will end the game and then at the end of that you just score it up and there is a nice companion app. That's what we used. Uh, it's a third party that someone created. I think Stonemeyer is working on an actual app. But you just put in your cards, and then it figures out all the different scoring bonuses and all that stuff. So it is, if you like Fantasy Realms, then I think you would really enjoy this. Uh, if you like the book, I don't think it's going to make a difference. Maybe just liking the art and the IP. Very beautiful production. I think some people have talked about when I've heard them that some people have talked about the if you read the books and really enjoy them it's how the card synergies work together like oh this this red guy wants to be with this other card or whatever Mm -hmm. and that has some bearing from the narrative but it's not like the game itself tells a story heavily so I think you'll just enjoy those little ancillary tidbits thrown in maybe which makes sense I mean fantasy realm is just generic fantasy so I mean this at least gives you a little something if you have a little background in the book so does it play for the same amount of time as fantasy realms it wasn't long at all so we just played two-player games just uh, Jessica and I and it took us maybe 45 minutes and that was with teaching her the rules you do like fantasy realms yeah and so you do like this game I like this as well. I caught this on sale. I know that this was not received well critically, but I would say, and I'm going to guess that more just with the big production of a very filler game is probably what threw people off, especially if they didn't know that it was kind of based off of Fantasy Realms. But if you go into it knowing that you're just playing an expanded Fantasy Realms with some more mechanisms, a little bit more to it, then I think you'll you'll enjoy the game. So, for example, Luck of the Draw, which happens in Fantasy Realm, isn't any worse in this game. I know. I would say you actually have a lot more control over your hand. And you're not you're not limited to the... Because I think in Fantasy Realms, it's a seven card is what you'll end up scoring at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. In this, you can have more than seven cards. And you can score more than seven cards. But every card that you have over your seventh is negative 10 points after you've done all of your scoring. So, But most of the powers give you a lot more control as far as what you can pull into your hand, what you can keep into your hand, different things like that. Uh, yeah, I honestly, I, I liked it more than Fantasy Realms just because it gave me a little bit more. And it's pretty much still within the same time frame. Interesting. Well, that's good to know because uh, I had wondered about this and there have been some sales on it. So, And yeah. I, I, you can't get Fantasy Realms right now. It's out of stock in a lot of places. So. Yeah, we're we're checking out. I uh, I remember it now. Do you? I, I, <laughs> you I, I honestly do. Yeah. Well, yeah. Who'd you and, play on the second with the for the second game? Uh, Brent and a couple of other people. Uh, Brent buy that? Yeah, I think Brent had it. He just and randomly he said, buys games. He said, "Yeah, it's a lighter game." I think he's had it for a long time. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember. You're just trying to, you know, I I also remember our first game now. 
Yeah, it's coming yeah. back to you. It's coming back to you because it's me, you, Josh, and my friend John Davis was also there. Oh, he that's right. That's yeah. right. So yeah, so I, uh, yeah, it's a it's a lighter, obviously fun, you know, filler type of game. But yeah, I never, I don't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. No, and I, yeah, I've always liked fantasy realms just for like quick filler, end of the night, something yeah. like that. So uh, this is just a little bit more. Okay. Well, I got kind of a fun little filler that I played the other day. Let's hear it. You like No Thanks? Yeah, sure. Okay. You like Port Royal? I love Port yeah, Royal. Yeah. Well, I got a game that has both of those kind of mixed together, and it's called 10, like the number 10. Oh, T-E-N. yeah. I've heard of this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's designed by Molly Johnson, Robert Melvin, and Sean Stankowicz. Okay. Right. Uh, published by AEG. Um, and it is a kind of a little bit of a push your luck uh, with some auction in it. Uh, kind of a card game where you're trying to get um, straights in different colors of cards. So for instance, there, well, there's four colors of cards and each of them has one through nine, but there's like say three ones and three twos and three threes, but then there's only two fours and two fives and two sixes and only one, seven, eight, and nine. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to collect obviously those cards and get them in a straight, you know, as much of a straight as possible. So, um, really, I don't know. It doesn't have a lot to do with no thanks. I'm, I'm trying to pull a chat and, uh, you know, uh, raw here, but anyways, um, <laughs> besides really, you're trying to get them connected kind of like you do in no thanks. But, um, so like, obviously if you have one, two, three, five, six, seven, you're only scoring three points, but if you can get that, that four to go there, then you'll score all seven of those points or whatever it would be. What you do on your turn is just like in Port Royal, you're going to be flipping cards over and they will have cards that kind of look like, almost look like dice. Like they'll just have like a two dots or three dots or four dots or five dots on them. And those are kind of like the gold or the ship in the game in the from Port Royal. Mm-hmm. And whenever, if you decide to take those cards, you get to take all of them. It's not like in Port Royal where you just take one ship, you take them all, then that's where you're going to get earned money. And now in this game, there are actual chips and there are like uh, black chips that you will take that are worth uh, basically one coin each. And you'll take those and you'll put them into your, uh, into your area. However, you can only have a maximum of 10 of each of those. So, so that's how you make money. The other thing that you can do is obviously you can take the numbered cards that are out there, but if you take the numbered cards, so let's say that out comes a four, uh, you know, a, a number four and a number three, and then there's two number cards out of, of the dice type of thing, the way you make the money. And then there's a couple of cards out there that are the number seven and, and four, and you decide to take the numbers, then everybody else in the game gets the money that you left out there, just period. They get all the money that's there. And then there's a little thing where you can buy some cards. There's like a, a little... Uh, extra market thing that you can also buy cards if, if you do an action or whatever that's there too. But in this game also, if you bust, you get a white chip that is worth $3 basically. Okay. So you can have as many white chips as you want to. Now, granted, you don't want to be busting a lot, but I mean, if you do, you at least get something out of it. Then the auction comes in where there is wild cards and they'll either be wild numbers or they'll be wild colors that's a, you know so like a six that could be any one of the four colors and there's one super wild that can be any number or any color and when one of those comes up whenever you just flip it out then um 
you everybody then has one turn, kind of a states-wise, where you get one bid, and whoever has the highest bid, they take that card and put it in another thing. Even if it was somebody else's flipping, it doesn't matter. And then that person then would continue to flip. Uh, oh, you bust by going with the, well, I'll call them dice, you know, for the numbers. If you go over 10 with the dice, that busts you for the money thing. Or if you go over 10 with the number values that are out there, that also busts you. So that's how you bust. Okay. Fun little game. I mean, cool little auction mechanism, fun little press your luck, fun little just, you know, trying to get the straights and get everything. Um, I played a three-player game with Brent and Dan, and the final score was 22 to 22 to 21. I mean, it was a very, very close game. Uh, I can't remember what the – I think it was money left over, and I think both – Dan and Brent had 22, and they were both broke at the end of the game. So I can't even remember. I think they had to tie or something. I can't hmm. remember. But How many does this play up to? Do you know? Yeah, it plays up to five. It's You can actually, it even has a solo variant in it. Interesting. Yeah. Wait, I will tell you, uh, do you know what other game this team has designed? I'm going to guess Point Salad. Yep. Good guess. You'd huh. be right, Richie. I was about to say oh, it too. You're cheating and you can't yeah. even. Yeah. <laughs> beat him. That's right. But I, I, you know what? The fact, Brent actually said that when he, because this is a game he brought over. So, right. but I'm telling you, this fun little game. And if you're interested, 20 bucks on Board Game Geek Market right now. Hey, gang, that sounds yeah. like a great stocking stuffer. Mm. If, uh, if you know somebody else who likes games yeah. and has an empty, empty stocking at Christmas time. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Chad, you got something besides a filler? I do, actually. Right. I, you can plug your ears because it's a deck builder, but it was a really it was a really interesting deck builder. A deck builder that's best at one or two. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you've been playing a lot of two-player games, actually. So Left. I would say uh, this game is called Imperium. I played the classics. There is Imperium Classics and Imperium Legends. I played classics uh, because when I got this game, I thought, I don't know what I'm going to think of it. I'll just wait. You could play either or both or mix them together. Uh, the legends box though is supposed to be a little bit more difficult than the classics box of deck builders. Uh, but the game is from, uh, Osprey games and they're kind of killing it lately. I think, uh, I really like a lot of the games coming out from them lately. And, uh, this is, uh, Nigel Buckle and David Turchi with, uh, art by the Miko and, it is a very convoluted deck builder. Um, this is one of those that there are a lot of cognitive load barriers starting right up front, okay? Because basically everything has a different name, all right? You've got in between your own deck even, you've got a nation deck, and then you've got basically a development deck, and then you've got your own draw deck and discard pile. And then you've got a power card, which is basically like the power card for your civilization. And then you've got a state card. So basically the way that this works is most victory points wins, but there are a bunch of different a- ending game conditions, okay? And you're essentially trying with one of the factions. There are eight in the classics box. There's like Macedonians, the Romans, all that kind of stuff. And you you might like this because like... Uh, oh, you said Romans, I'm in. I played as the Romans today. I won. I got to my Julius Caesar card and used his power. And 
Nice. Yeah, it was it was cool. So what you're trying to do though is you're trying to you're trying to use what your deck does well because there's a market of a whole bunch of different cards out there as well, and uh, you have different cards like a regions. You have uncivilized cards. You have civilized cards. You have tributaries. You have fame cards. All that kind of stuff. So basically, you are trying to build your hand of different cards. Now, interesting thing out in the market when you buy a card though, you are buying cards of the, those specific decks, but if they're face-up cards, you usually will get an unrest card, which is minus two points at the end of the game, and it just clogs up your hand. And an interesting endgame condition is if all the unrest cards come out, it triggers a collapse. Mm. And that means the game ends immediately, and whoever has the most unrest cards in their, in their play area loses the game. Oh, interesting. So that's kind of interesting. And then the other thing you're trying to do, though, is you're trying to leverage your power, leverage your deck. So you flip your state card over from a barbarian state to a civilized state, which is interesting because you can only play certain cards during each state. And then you want to try to go through your nation deck so that you can get all those cards out of your nation deck. Um, when the, What happens is basically every time you need to draw a card and cannot do so, and you have to, you know, shuffle up your deck. When you would do that, if you don't have an exhaust token on some of your cards, your nation deck and stuff, then you take one off the top and it's like a new card that you're going to get to put in. And you want to try to get kind of a thin deck so you can cycle through and mm. have to yeah. reshuffle a lot. But basically, you are having about five exhaust tokens on your state card and three action tokens. And so what that means is every round you can either do activate, which means you use some combination of those exhaust tokens on cards in your tableau to get trigger the ability, or and you use those three action tokens to do stuff like play out a card or buy a market card or some something of that sort, okay? And the other action you can do is basically just called uh, innovate which means that you're going to break through. So you're going to take those decks out in the market that are face down. And if you have enough resources, because different cards generate resources, then you'll be able to spend a bunch of resources to just draw off the top of the deck until you find the card that you want of that suit that you want, which is much better because the cards that are a lot cheaper have the unrest tucked under them. So while you get that card, you unfortunately get an unrest card with it. That's the other thing. And then the last thing you can do on your turn is that you can revolt. And revolt means you're not going to take any actions that turn, but you can return all the unrest cards back to the, the pile. So you won't get stuck with those negatives. They won't clog up your hand and you won't trigger a collapse because they're all uh, out. Okay. And then there are a bunch of ways uh, like that basically cause the game and scoring to happen too which i won't get into here but right. it's very interesting and if even if you triggered game and scoring it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna win of right. course so oh, you liked it i i really did like it the the bad thing about it is that like i said there is just so many keywords or there are just so many keywords that the, Got to keep the, going back to the role. Yeah, the first mm. play gotcha. takes so long because you're just going back to the... And, and there's a lot of FAQs. And some of the FAQ online is because with a solo one, you will pick your faction and then you'll pick the solo bot's faction 
and every solo bot faction plays differently. There's a whole Ooh, other ugh. manual for the solo. Sounds bot. like a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> now, if you're really into solo play, though, like this has hours and hours of exploration, and it's very satisfying. I've heard to play solo play. I have not done that yet, but I think this is best at two because just like Dominion, you have like a bunch of chits that you can play to do the activities, and you kind of do those back. You know, it's not a back and forth thing. You're doing them, and. uh but there, there is, like, in the one play that I had of it, um, there's definitely interactive interactivity because there's stuff like a, a cape that you can set out, and that prevents people from attacking you. So I had a bunch of attack cards. I played with Josh. I had a bunch of attack cards, and I played my first one knowing he was going to use the cape on it, and then his cape has to go into his discard pile, and then I play the second one being able to, to I was about to, to ask you who you played with and yeah. how they felt about it, but... I, if it's Josh, I know how Josh felt about it. He actually, uh, no, it's he, good. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. He actually enjoyed it. And Richie, I think you have more tolerance slightly for deck builders than Clef does. I do. Um, and I think the other thing is because this is the first time I actually played it. That wasn't two handed. I played about a half a game two handed just mm. to kind of teach myself. And, I can kind of guide somebody more like, no, you, the purpose of doing this is to do this because it's not, it's not really easy uh, on a first glance to see. Hmm. But I would say, like I said, if you like deck builders and you know up front, okay, I don't mind that this is the kind of first game experience I'm going to have and then I'll have to wade through. You kind of know right now by this time, if you've gotten a David Turchie game to the table, what that can potentially be, that there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to wade through uh, sometimes. Mm. So in this case, that is that is a thing, but I think it's worth it. So you should check it out. And I again, pick out classics first and then maybe pick up legends if you really like it because legends is those decks are a lot more complicated. And it gives you a listing. Like the the Romans and the Macedonians that I played with today, they're a one star listing of difficulty, and there's eight factions in each box. So a good game. Hey, I want to pull a Chad. I want to talk about another game. All right, all right, I, okay. Pull a Chad. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I think our I Ooh. think it's a board game podcast. So I'm pretty sure the people that listen to us like to hear about games. You're allowed to talk about games. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm gonna talk about another <laughs> game. I'm gonna talk about a game that I absolutely loved. I mean, loved. And granted, now, this is a little more in my current wheelhouse. Uh, it's a two-player game. It's a, a two-player card-driven game. And it is called No Motherland Without. Have you heard of this one yet? I am not familiar. No. Okay. Well, it is from... You didn't say war game. Did you miss saying war game? I mean, okay, it's it's somewhat of a war game. It's <laughs> it's it's more like if you consider Twilight Struggle a war game. Sure. Okay. Well, then sure. Then it's a war game. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's from Dan Bullock. Okay, and from Compass Games. Um, I just you know here this is the great thing about radio. Here I'm going to show Chad and Richie. This is the board. All right. Very red. Very red. Right. Mm -hmm. Very, very red. Is this Korea? Yes, this is, yes. Oh, I think I've heard, I, uh, I think I I've heard the, about this game. The subtitle is North Korea in Crisis and Cold War. Yeah, so, I've okay. heard about this game. I've heard it's really interesting. The board is kind of crazy. But. It is. It is. He purposely, I guess, made the board just complete red. All the chits are red. It's <laughs> annoying, okay? There's one thing I will say is I would, I and... Supposedly he did this for some reason. I maybe just to. I know, think it's just to make it like high alert, sort of. Like. Yes, I mean, but it is very just everything is very red. But that's okay. Once you kind of get rolling, it's it's fine. 
Um, it is, uh, like I said, it is you, one player is going to play North Korea and the other player is going to play the West. Uh, so how the game is played is you're going to get dealt a handful of cards and each of these cards are going to have certain events on them and then they're going to have points on them that you can use for for action. So like I said, very similar to like a Twilight Struggle. And those at, those events are going to be, some of them are going to be pro-North Korea, some of them are going to be pro-West. And whenever you play, if you're North Korea and you play a pro-West card, the event will still trigger. Now there are ways that you can try to work around that, but it's not very easy um, to try to, you know, not play a card uh, to not trigger a, you know, very important event. Um, and then now some cards, this is one of the things I really liked about it, are in are they are what's called um, enduring events. And so you'll have a track down at the bottom which can hold up to three enduring events. So it might be an event that says all of North Korea's action points are minus one while this card is in play. And the way to get rid of those is by playing more of these enduring events. And then eventually once you, you know, you play enough of them, that one of them will kick off and then you won't have that anymore. Uh, there's also legacy events that when you play them, they go into play and then it's a permanent ability for the rest of the game. Uh, other than that, you know, and I, I, I don't want to say too much about the game. I only played it once and we didn't quite even finish it, but it was, you know, we played probably about three hours, you know, and unfortunately sometimes with these games, they take a lot of work to kind of get through. But what I did play of it, absolutely was just enamored by it. Uh, as the West, you're trying to help get people out of North Korea. So you're making this trail kind of thing to try to get them out. And unfortunately, as North Korea, you are literally trying to either imprison them or eliminate them, you know, and obviously I'm sure you know what I mean by eliminate them. Um, as North Korea, you're also trying to start your nuclear uh, program. So obviously that makes it where, you know, you're not feeling like you're going to get invaded as easy if you can get your nuclear uh, power up and running. Um, but yet also as North Korea, you're trying to build infrastructure in your country so that your people don't revolt versus you. It is very thematic. And it's like, it starts back in obviously the early fifties with Kim Il-sung as the, the ruler, you know, when he takes over. And then as you go through the game, you know, then, you know, it will then move on through the, you know, North Korean dictators and kind of, um, you know, go through just the history of it. It is very thematic. It is very interesting. And if you can get over the fact it's just pure red, it's a very, very cool game. If you like Twilight Struggle, Imperial Struggle, you know, those type of games, it is definitely worth checking out. I've been hearing a lot of this one in the last year or so from different uh, media outlets and, and podcasts and different stuff like that. So yeah. uh, I'd definitely play it. I'd definitely yeah. retire it. I mean, I was interested in playing it, but more, you know, same as Richie, I'm trying to get more 2021 games under my belt. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Just so I get it, you know. I'm like, <laughs> did, Dan, <sighs> did Dan play it? Uh, Dan does own it. Uh, it was Brent and I that played it. Um so uh, Brent and I kind of uh, played it together. He Brent had played it with Dan before. So yeah, they both have played it, and yeah, just absolutely, just just a very very interesting. You know, there's a couple other tracks and stuff where you're trying to have favorite. You know, like the West is obviously trying to get North Korea's you know outlook down, and they're trying to get theirs higher. And then there's a global like you know uh, force. You know, whether it's going towards North Korea or towards the West. 
very interesting. Just great, great game if you're into that uh, type of stuff. So Nice. Yeah. Well, I, right. I'm going to pull a Chad well, as well, <laughs> and I'm going to talk about one more game. Uh, you know what? But, but I have to talk about this because we played it. Uh, I think we played it last week, and it was... It was actually, we were not excited to play it before because it was kind of a re-implementation of a game that we had played. But I, we were, so we we're kind of like, oh, this is okay, we'll play this. But the play of it that we had was actually, I thought, surprisingly fun. So this game is called Tournament at Avalon. And oh, yeah. I, I was confused. What I, are you talking he about? Did, he, he threw us for a loop. Yeah. So the show notes does not show that. Chad. Yeah, that was you. Sorry. I, I went Mixing off script. I went off script. But uh, Tournament at Camelot, I think, was the original one. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, this is a trick taking game again. It plays uh, three to six players. And it is from Karen Baginski, Jody Baginski, Barbesi, and Kenneth C. Shannon III. And it's from WizKids. And I, I think, like I said, this is the same design team, same publisher as Tournament at Camelot. Wow. And the only thing we could tell is that maybe it's different power cards that you're getting and different Yeah, uh, I think all factions. those cards are unique as far as the power cards that are in yeah. this set are completely right. unique from the original set. Yeah. So just a really quick uh, summary is that you don't want to take tricks in this game because everybody has hit points, Essentially, you usually don't. Everybody has hit points. I think it starts at 400. And uh, cards will cards are, are generally base points are worth five a piece uh, damage to you. And you can keep going down and you'll flip your card over. You'll be, you know, uh, feeble and crippled and all this other stuff, you know, when you, when you go down. But as you go down, the sort of catch-up mechanism is these power cards are in a deck that you're going to get to choose from. And so at first, you'll maybe be the lowest one and you'll get one. Um, and then as time goes on, as everybody's looking really, really bad, um, only the person in the lead won't get one. So you'll get these special power cards that'll help you. Sometimes uh, some abilities, you're going to have a, a faction or a person that will give you an asymmetric ability to start off with no matter what. And then they also have a companion that gets unlocked as you take damage as well. So sometimes uh, you may take, like one of the suits is arrows. And if you take arrows, there's one uh figure that lets you distribute those arrows back to other people if you get them in a trick at the end of the round and that's kind of fun to do that but uh, we had our friend nate come over and sort of teach and reteach us this game and we were having a great time uh, because it is a mean game. You're just trying to slaughter each other. And, uh, you know, Nate's laughing as I'm just chucking these cards at Clef, who's sitting who's sitting right next to him. We're just It was a lot of cards. Yeah, it was just, <laughs> Clef was just, oh my gosh. And he's I, thinking, I was die. he's thinking, I'm dying. I'm dying. And Nate is just chuckling, chuckling, chuckling. We, we finished the round and I go, oh yeah. And my power here says uh, everybody gets to distribute cards to, to, your, right. to your left. Left, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And and Clef just Clef just goes oh here you go Nate you and go, Nate's Nate. face just dropped I wasn't, was, I wasn't that happy either I had yeah. taken no tricks that yeah. that round yeah I was in good shape until that happened uh, <laughs> and it was perfect for me it worked out perfect yeah. uh, but oh my gosh it was just raucous laughter just to watch just to watch Nate just go from laughing very hard to completely crestfallen. <laughs> but he ended up pulling out the I window. Think he still wanted, yeah. Well, yeah. he had well, his power. Yeah. yeah, his power was really good because it was like you want to really damage him, but not so badly that he dies. Because if he dies, he gets to come back. Yeah, the Holy Grail. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Holy Grail. We needed to kill him quickly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, I, I do think one thing, if you start off well in that game, it's almost worse for you because then it's all like, okay, now we're ganging yes. up on you. Because yes. <laughs> I was like, first couple of rounds, I was like, I'm barely hurt. You know, I'm rolling here. And then it was like, okay, here we go. Yep. Boom, you know. And then uh, there's those special cards that give you 25 damage. Yeah. Yes, those are the key to that game because they'll switch it up. Like you'll be like, oh, because you're trying to play the lower, no, the higher number. Yes, you want to be the higher number. The lower number, lower is number bad. wins the trick, right? Which but you don't want to do. Power cards that will switch it up, you know. Yeah. So you're thinking, oh, I'm good, and then all of a sudden somebody plays one, and you're like, ah, right. And they're really bad, yeah. So, yeah. oh, that was fun. I was glad Nate brought that game. That yeah. was that was a good mm -hmm. fun time. So if you haven't played it, you like trick takers. This isn't always like a quick trick taking game because, like I said, once somebody starts to take a lot of damage, then they get special powers that sort of slow that down a little bit. Yeah. But so it is a it can be a little bit of a longer trick taking game. But if you love those and you love mean games, this is kind of fun for that. Yeah, I'd say the only negative in it is there is so much going on that sometimes you forget. Like you're you're just keeping track of your own powers and stuff that's going on, more or less, you know, and that's why, you know, Nate had forgotten all about you having that card. Nobody remembered you had that card. Yeah. And that's where you can kind of be like, oh, what's going on type of thing. But for the pure fun of it, it was a great yeah, game. Yeah, I so, think yeah. four, we've played it at six, but I think with just how much changes uh -huh. from round to round, yeah. I actually, I kind of like the fours. I yeah, agree. I agree. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. Richie, did you want to pull a Chad? Uh, no, I mean, I, I honestly have been just Good. playing games that I love here recently. I did. <laughs> it feels nice. It, it has been nice. I did teach Knox survive, escape from Atlantis, though. Oh, that's a fun game. Yeah. I liked that. We were because Jessica, she grew up playing that game, and she was actually surprised when I bought it one day. Um, I can't even remember. It must have been like a Dice Tower video that I was watching that made me buy it. But she was surprised when she saw it because she was like, oh, I played that game growing up. Oh. And Knox wanted to play. He wanted a fighting game or something. So then we were like, oh, he could probably handle this, which he did. He, he did fantastic playing it. So uh, we had a good time nice. playing that. Nice little three-player game of that. And how nice. is he with stuff like that? Like if you stick him with the sea monster or something oh. like that. <laughs> he loves it. He loves, I mean, that's all he wanted to do. He was a little, because uh, we played it on Jessica's birthday. So he was a little squeamish about going after his mom on her birthday, Aww. just because we had had to talk about Aww. it. But he got over that quick. <laughs> <laughs> Started destroying her boats and eating up her swimmers and stuff like that. So yeah, he enjoyed it quite a bit. Nice. All right. Nice. That's good. I like I like some family time that way. Right. Yeah, it's been nice to get back into the family games. So cool. That's cool. So yeah. yeah, and I I tell you if if you're really looking for some good suggestions on games. And you're in the Lincoln, Nebraska area. Hey, head on over to Hobbytown. Oh, that's right. They have a great selection. And if they don't have it, you can you can order it, right? Absolutely. And they don't charge you any shipping, which whew, in today's world, that's that's nice. That's right huge. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. So, and they can give you some great suggestions. Yeah, they can get games that you're looking for. And they have a great, great selection. So, yeah, head on over. A couple of locations there in Lincoln, Nebraska. And go pick up a board game. Right on. Let's draft. This is going to be an interesting one. All right. So what, what are we drafting? Well, we are drafting the most important games of the past decade. Now, how you want to interpret that? It's up to you. It's up to you. All right. And we'll, I guess, once we each pick a pick, we'll figure it out and go from there. I have my own 
theory of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it, it will be interesting. Okay. And we'll, we'll see. All right. So, so okay. there we go. Well, the way that we oh. draft on Punchboard oh, Paradise. Should we talk about so that? We should probably talk about yeah, that. What the yeah, what the heck? Tackle that. Uh, even though I, I I don't know if I remember it right now. My brain's a little fried. <laughs> <laughs> so on Punchboard Paradise, we like unique lists. That's why we draft. Uh, so we're going to do a serpentine draft, which all that means is if you draft last in the first round, you will draft first in the second round. We're about to roll some dice. Clef, no matter what, if Chad goes last. He's been killing us in these drafts. So if one us. of us win, yeah. one, two. Okay. All right. Deal up. Uh, right. You got to negotiate already? Nine. Two. All right. I'm going first. Going? I'm just kidding. Oh! <laughs> that would have been <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh, Clef, you're second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clef, you're well, second. This draft, I don't even know. Okay. All right. Well, Richie. Well, I do want to get ahead because we did a little video for Ben Maddox and... It was, what do you like about games? And oh. Chad had uh, asked us first. Yeah. And then he came in with a, a sappy answer and made us look like, like selfish fools. Yeah, like yeah. Some, some selfish <laughs> so, people. Yeah. I'm going to take the sappy except, pit first. Except I will say about this video, if, if hopefully you guys will get to see it, uh, because you'll get to see Clef's acting chops. Because we did do a take, <laughs> and, and Clef was like very... Uh, I said, oh, gosh, that's perfect. Let's do it again, you know, in, in good lighting and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, he did it. And he sort of did after he said what he said. He did a, wah, you know, like it was a face. It was a face where, like, on a sitcom, they zoom in. And it's like a, wah, wah, like on Saturday Night Live with the Debbie Downer face. He basically did that. That is awesome. And that was his, that was his uh, spur of the moment acting chops right there. Oh, my God. So funny. I moved to New York and started acting. <laughs> uh, so, and we, and we didn't say this, but we're we're giving ourselves 2010 on, correct? No, we That's said what ten. We said. No, we said ten years, and and that was 2011 to 2021. We definitely I, no, said no. We did not. We, I specifically. Well, you Rich, are I'm the gonna one walk, who asked. I'm Rich, gonna, you said 2010. Nope, I'm do going home. You want. I'm do going home. Oh, so, I am going right. home. Oh, good. Home. We one of us is going to win. <laughs> you said 2000. We said 2010. No, no yeah. we did not. I specifically asked that last Clef. week. No, we yes, did not. And we answered. Absolutely, we did not. We said 2011. Clef. Sure. No, <laughs> no, we did not. You said 2010. No, no, I have no. it written down in my notes. No, we did not. Do you have it written down? Yes. Let me see. I don't. We did not. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did not. What, what are you so worried about? Because what is in 2010? Did not. That was we not what was in 2010. Did. You're that worried yes, about? Yes, I, I turned down stuff in 2010. I used oh, my filter of 2011. You're going last? No. Go back. No. Well. I'm going to give it to you, Richard. I'm, I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm taking... There's a bunch. And I'm about to be sentimental and nice okay. to Chad here. Yeah. I'm taking Fresco for 2010, <laughs> the first game I ever played with Chad. Chad's wow. high met Clef. Wow. And that's why we're here. Wow. <laughs> Fresco. We're, just, we're done with the draft. Richie wins. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, God. Now, how do you feel? I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> dropping f bombs. <laughs> All right. Oh, you didn't even you had Fresco written down. <laughs> See, I knew I needed to go first because I needed to get wow. the okay. savvy pick out of the way because I right. knew Chad was going to steal it. All right. So I'm wow. taking Fresco. I wanted okay. to take Flapjacks and Sasquatch and Sasquatch <laughs> and Flapjacks because even though Fresco was the first game we played, 
He had this disgusting Iowa Hawkeye shirt on, so I didn't know if I could really trust him. you had an Ohio State shirt on. (laughs) So I didn't really know I could trust him until we played Flapjacks and Sasquatch or whatever that game's called, (laughs) and we both looked at each other and was like, all right, he's a good dude. (laughs) Because that game was bad, but I think that was like 2008. (laughs) All right. That's a great pick. I love it. That's my first pick. Come on, Chad. You got to give it It was a great pick. He had it written down. He had it written down. (laughs) (laughs) Well... For my first pick, uh, I'm going with, for me, uh, you know, and I guess maybe this is, we're just going sentimental here because to me, I, I feel like these are the most important games to me as a, dev, you know, as I developed into a gamer for the past 10 years mm-hmm. and, you know, and just in my friendships around people and just, and, and just the fun of it. And so I'm going to out of the gate. I'm going to take Skull King. Mm. And a reason to me that's the most one of the most important games is it is just one of those games that every, you know, and I, I remember the first time Richie taught that game and it was the three of us. And I wasn't a huge trick taker as much as you guys were. And I remember you guys were kind of, you know, and you're leading me along and I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I just remember as we were going along, how much fun it was. And now obviously you know, however many years later. And I, I don't even know, is Skull King even allowed to be picked? I, I just decided if I played it in the past 10 years, it was <laughs> good count. enough for me. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that's that's how I cheater. decided. We'll just switch the draft to most important games to us. How Thank about that? you. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, and then obviously now Skull King has just become such a, it is the best late night filler fun. I mean, just a, recently here at Age of Steam Con, Every night we would play it at the end of the night and just have so much fun. 2013, so you're so, safe. Okay, good. All right. All right. So my first pick out of the gate, Skull King. Okay. That's a good pick. I like it. I have a sentimental pick too, but uh Richie took my my fresco. Um <laughs> but I am not uh I'm not, I'm gonna wait on my sentimental pick because I guarantee nobody else is, is taking it. I don't have to worry about it. So I'm gonna wait. And the way I approach this list is just a for for the most part, other than that sentimental pick, was a surface view. Was basically like, what do I think was influential to games in the last ten years? Okay, um, and 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 important in that way, important to games in that way. So uh, for my first one, I'm going to take Code Names because I think like this was a mass market game. It's a huge mass market game from a very hobby game publisher. CGE is is very hobby game and they just blew up. I mean, I guarantee you they will tell you that this is their most important game of the last 10 years. Oh, yeah. And I mean, look at how many sequels this thing spawned. I mean, Mm -hmm. Simpsons, Marvel, you know, Harry Potter, just ridiculous stuff. And you may have your favorite, but everyone has played it. A lot of people. And in fact, a lot of people come up to me all the time that don't play games and said, yeah, this weekend somebody brought this game where you have all these cards out in a grid and you have to make people guess and not get a spy, you know? And I was like, oh yeah, I know that game. Yeah, it's a great game. So, I mean, that has a lot of penetration into, I think, all spheres of gaming. So mm-hmm. it's it's very important. It's a, absolutely. Good, good pick. Solid pick. Yep. My second game that I'm going to take, again, influential in the last 10 years, is Rob Davio's Risk Legacy. Because it was the mm. first legacy game. And uh, people are still looking for legacy games. And that kind of spawned a whole... 
a whole section of gaming now. Now, whether you agree that this is the best legacy game or even that you're high on legacy games, you still have to admit that this was the very first use of this system and very influential going forward after. Definitely. I'm, I'm stuck in another Rob Davio legacy game right now, Betrayal. Mm. I just want to finish that. You're not done with it yet. We we got back. No, we 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 dropped it for like a year. <laughs> We've been playing it with the stuckies here recently. Mm. We're supposed to play tomorrow night. I don't know if I can do it. Mm. We'll see. I I will say that I don't know if legacy games have quite put a stamp on the hobby as much as people thought they were going to, though. I I think that they have. I mean. It has not been as much as everybody was like, especially after Pandemic Legacy, they thought, oh, my goodness, here we go. And now, I mean, there's four or five of them out there. But for the most part, I mean, it's not something that, that goes there's on. more than four yeah, or five. Yeah, I would say there's more <laughs> there's than four lot. or five for sure. Mm, go ahead and name me more than five right now off the top of your head. You're not going to be able to do it. <laughs> Clank, Charterstone. Betrayal. Uh, betrayal. Um, my, my City. city mm-hmm. Um Oh gosh! Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. As I said, you're you're a- basically a- done. End legacy. Yep. There's an a- end legacy. legacy. There's a one more tad uh, and we got him. I know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're just rattling oh, on the head. Oh yeah. Season the pandemics. Zero. Yeah. All those. Oh okay. You can't. Yeah. Just oh add oh all yeah. One. We got it. As <laughs> I'm saying, there there's go. not as much influences i think a lot of people thought was. Here's happen. the thing: there aren't a lot of great ones. I think Queensdale. Queensdale. There you go. See, look. We can still go on. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree that there's not that many great right, ones. Yes, yes. Right. that's the point. Of things that people, you know, and you guys miss Seafall because, of course, it's terrible. Yeah, but the, here's the <laughs> thing, right? People They're still even, trying to sell all of those. And Seafall, you guys, Seafall is, is a Rob Davio, the guy who started Legacy. But I think people don't get that Legacy, when it really works, is a kind of a magical amalgamation of, of mechanisms. You have to have the best ones really include narration. Like, like pandemic is great because it's kind of telling a story that keeps you interested. What's going to happen next month. And then it's also got interesting mechanisms. And when those mechanisms get in, get added in, it doesn't make the game tons, tons longer. It doesn't make the game more convoluted. You know, it's a, it's walking a very thin line. Yeah. Well, clank legacy, too many things going on. Right. That's the thing. You have to prepare before you play a game uh, of that Mm -hmm. basically. So okay, no, I, I, don't get me wrong. I, I I agree with you. I just I don't think it has put quite as much of a stamp on it as as I think people were thinking. But good pick, yes. Okay, for my next pick, and I'm gonna go that this game, to me, really opened up a new audience to this type of game, that didn't really know about these games before this game was put out, and this game is from, well, this game is from Cole Worley. And it is a re-implementation of another game, and that is PAX Premier 2nd Edition. And I feel like this is a very important game over the past 10 years because it has shown that a PAX game and these type of, you know, what people would maybe consider to be war type of games that are card-driven, it has allowed people to understand them more and be more accessible to get to play these games. And not be quite as afraid of them, I would think. And I mean, especially for me, I mean, boy, when I used to hear the word PAX, I was like, you know, type of thing. And now that the first time, obviously, I ever played PAX Premier, I'm like, 
or second edition, excuse me, that was, oh my goodness, this game is so cool. Why was I ever afraid to play one? And now I've gotten to play lots of different PAX games, you know, and enjoy them all. And so to me, I think it's a very, very important game that brings in a lot more people to that type of game. And I think more importantly, too, the home studio of of the PAX games, uh, I think it's Sierra Madre, and I can't remember what the other other studio that's with it. Ion? Yes, Ion Games. Thank you. Uh, those two studios have realized the importance of making their games more uh, accessible is not quite the word I'm looking for, but just easier to play, less barriers to entry, right? Yeah. And so they are trying to do that. That's kind of what PAX Biking was meant to do. Now, whether it yeah. succeeded or not, that's what they were trying to do. And that's why High Frontier now has like four different kinds of the game in the box sure. and that kind of stuff. And that they're they're not great yet, but they're getting better with their rule books, at least let's say... Let's say the portion that doesn't include commentary anyway, uh, th- they're getting better with those rule books. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So that's uh, my second pick is PAX Pamir second edition. All right, Richie, what it's do you all got? All right. Like I said, mine are very personal to me. So okay. now this one, I will, yeah. I would think that a lot of people will actually think that this counts in this list, but the Castles of Burgundy. Uh, that's a great pick. Okay. And it's 2011. The reason I picked it, not because of the design or anything like along those lines. It was the first game that got me over how games look. Yep. It's so ugly, but it got me past that. I didn't, especially because we played this pretty early on because it was, this was always on the, like one of the best two player or couples games list uh-huh. out there. And definitely early on in the, the hobby, I mean, the way the game looked made a, a big difference to me and the theme and all that stuff. And this is the first game that I played. And I appreciated it for its design and just the overall gameplay. And I didn't really care that it's all brown, you know, and it's mm-hmm. a, a very ugly game. Uh, so, yeah, the Castles of Burgundy was the first game that kind of got me over that hump to where, you know, I'll play whatever. I mean, especially, I mean, Clef is getting into some really ugly games these days. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't scare me off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just, I'm willing, I'm there to play the game. If it's good, it's good. It doesn't matter how it looks. Yeah, I, I had this uh, down on my on my list a little bit further, too, because it was the first Euro game that I played that I was like, oh, okay, this, mm-hmm. this could be yeah. fun. Like, yeah. when my friend brought it out, I was like, ooh, yeah. oh, I, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I like you, so we're going to try mm-hmm. this, but this is not my kind of game, you yeah. know? I agree. I agree. All right, good pick, Richie. Yeah. All right, for my third pick, mm-hmm. it's going to be, I have two written down here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'll well, yeah, I'll, I can say both of them. We're gonna, it's gonna be Black Angel, but it could have also easily been Blackout Hong Kong. <laughs> and this was important to me because this was the the moment where I realized I don't need to own every game. I don't need to buy it before it comes out. I can try games first and see how I like them. So what am I writing down here? Black Angel. Black or? Angel. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Black Angel. Black Angel. Because it also taught you the converse of uh, Castles of Burgundy. Exactly. A beautiful, that, yeah, game, a beautiful be... game does not make a, a good game. Yes. Oh, that's the truth. Yes. Uh, and that, that, that Now, I didn't buy that. I think Chad's the one who bought that yes, one in yep. the group. Yep. And it, it made me very happy that I did it not pre-order that. It made me very that. happy, too. I'll agree and it made me that. very weary of just pre-ordering games, uh, you know, yeah. without Side actually unseen. sitting down and playing them. Yeah. And I think that was also the year that I started calling games and just getting rid of a, a lot of games out of my collection. Uh, and I like where my collection is now. And like Merv is another game that I would have bought that game not that long ago without just sight unseen. I would have just pre-ordered it uh-huh. and got it. Uh, and I'm, I'm glad that you two still kind of do that. 
because yeah. it still allows me to try sure. them out. Sure. But I, I, I don't I don't do that much pre-ordering anymore. And, and Black Angel has helped me keep my collection the way I like it <laughs> at the moment. So Black Angel. Good pick. All right. I, I like your reasoning. there. Very, very good pick. My next pick, and I'm going to pick this because it's a very, very important Euro game just in, in general to, to Euro games. But this game is a very important game to me because it really is one of the first games that I played over and over and over and over again and really got into, you know, the different strategies and just, and uh, I mean, loved it so much that I, for the first time, and honestly, I've, don't, I've never done this with another game, I literally made player powers for the game just because I wanted to try that out and have fun with that. And so that is Alexander Fister's Great Western Trail. I mean, it is the only game that I've ever played. Literally, I've played it over a hundred times. I have run out of the score pad in the in my in my game. I don't even have any score pads anymore. I just got to use paper. I love the, just everything about it. I enjoy it at all player counts. But I think the thing that made it the most important to me is that I loved it enough that I sat down and worked on player powers. And I literally, you know, like we would play them and be like, okay, this player power is too overpowered. We got to, you know, do this, or this one's not very good. We got to add this, you know. I played it quite a few times with these player powers and, and just really enjoyed it. You know, put those, if you're ever curious about those player powers, I put them up. They're on the Board Game Geek somewhere, I'm guessing somewhere in our guild, maybe. I think so. Yeah, I think they're somewhere yeah. in there. So, um, But that just is just really, really an important game to me. And I think it's a really important game to the hobby. I mean, it really came out right there at that same time for Stronghold with Terraforming Mars. And both of those games just kind of rocketed. And both were very, you know, more on the heavier side of a Euro, yet were very, very popular. And I mean, I think just brought that kind of that, that genre in. So my number three pick, Great Western Trail by Alexander Pfister. And originally, obviously, by Stronghold Games. But Good, no, good one. Yeah. You know, I'm actually looking forward to your um, when you write the uh, the narrative scenario expansions. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, they feature that that Southern Italian guy that you, you yeah. uh, bring out every once in a while. Right? Yeah. In the narrative, in the narrative it, it, it scenarios, you know, we want. Hey, we, we want, gotta get that. We gotta get that cattle all the way from Texas, all the way up to Kansas City. Let's go. <laughs> I, can I just say that? Well, that, that had more neither. Mickey Mouse. That had neither. Yeah, that was yeah. just Mickey Mouse. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Hey, hey, I can't do it on on demand. All right. Yeah, it's 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 got. I have to have the feeling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's very method. <laughs> yes, He's got to go yes. work some rails for yes. a few hours. You know, I'm like <laughs> I'm like Daniel Day Lewis. All right. I I got to get into the character. I can't just do it all of a sudden. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. My last two picks. So my my first one, I think this was important in the hobby in the last in the last ten years because after this game, it sort of elevated production on games. Now you had stuff before this, but this was sort of like, okay, look what you can do. This mm. is indie. I think this I know is, what you're gonna say. This is standard, and that's yeah. Scythe from Stonemaier Games. Uh, Scythe from from Stonemaier Games was, I mean, it had the whole package as far as production. Art, realistic resources. um, This is the Kickstarter version, of course. Realistic resources, miniatures. I mean, everything in this box. And and this thing did gangbusters. I mean, this was huge. Whether he likes the word or not, this was huge hype on Kickstarter at the time. And it blasted what people thought 
you know, expectations were going to be for this Kickstarter and kind of elevated Kickstarter in general. And it is what made Jamie kind of a Kickstarter guru and mm-hmm. caused him to sort of write this book on, you know, if you're going to do Kickstarter, here's the way you should do it. Here's the things that you should, con- here are the things that you mm-hmm. should consider. It's also why he left Kickstarter. Well, well, yes, it is. It is because of the way that that worked out. But Is there any way we could have that book sent? To watch your game. <laughs> too late. Too yeah, late. It's, too uh, late. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> it would cost them a lot in shipping. It'd probably get so. caught up in a typhoon or yeah. some local gangsters would take it. <laughs> but uh, I would just say that I think whether you enjoy that game or not, it definitely has opinions on it, I'll say. But I think it created a turning point in what people's expectations were for Kickstarter and uh, and and the way games are produced. I mean, we've said a few times that Jamie has sort of elevated the bar for production and what people expect. Mm-hmm. That's great pick. Agreed. And, you know, here's, here's the thing. Like, I played this with Rihanna a couple of weekends ago with her husband, and... Did Drake come over too? No, Drake did not. He didn't but, make it. Okay. No, but Ree had just recorded her uh, her second Christmas single, and so she was like looking to play some games. Anyway, she comes over. She's like, I, I really, we played it. She's like, I really like this game because I have the whole blinged out version. And she goes, you know, th-, she just kept talking about it, talking about it. Two days later, she goes, look what Sean found me on a Black Friday scale sale, and it was the like the Kickstarter version, all the blinged out stuff and everything. So nice. I was like, wow, wow, you move quick. Yeah, she was like, yeah. Wow, all yeah. right. So she was hooked. All right. Uh, and lastly, my last pick, which I know I didn't have to worry about anybody else picking, is Tiny Epic Kingdoms. You got that right. (laughs) The reason I chose Tiny Epic Kingdoms was I did not like this game at all, wanted to sell it, uh, posted it on some Facebook group, and Clef contacted me and said, I'd be interested in that game. What do you want for it? <laughs> that's that's how crazy. That's how much Clef has changed. By the you way, you still have that over there because that's that has to be on your small shelf. And you never sell anything over there. No, I don't, I don't think we ended up tra- trading. Oh, you didn't for actually trade. No, for because because uh, he said he, he said uh, he said sure. I've got this and this, and I was like, oh no. I said I like this and this and this and this, and he's like. Well, so do I. <laughs> yeah. And Clef goes, well, I guess we have the same taste in games. You want to get together and play a game? That is true. And uh, and so I said, yeah, that sounds great. I totally did not expect it. That's not. I, I'm glad he did it because it's not something I don't think I would have done to start off. But we met. We we played Great Western Trail. We played Glen Moore. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that was the start. And then soon after that, I'm sure I introduced Richie and Clef mm-hmm. to each other. And yeah. 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 So that's oh. what started it all. Tiny Epic Kingdoms. I, <laughs> Thanks, Scott Holmes. I, I don't. Even, I feel bad. I don't remember that. Yeah, that's. You don't remember talking online at all. Oh, I remember us talking. You just remember it not being I, about. I Tiny just didn't Epic remember Kingdoms. that was the game. Yeah, yeah, that was the game. I, you know, and I. I remember being a little bit like, oh wow, this is like the first time I've like kind of went and met up with just some random person. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and we we went to that old place that's no longer there. Yeah, they uh, used to hold the polyamorous meetings in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Over by the McDonald's yeah, yeah, on uh, yeah. Hunter Maple. Yeah. 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 yeah, it was a gaming place. It was a gaming place. Uh, I never went there for the polyamorous uh, meetings. Not <laughs> not after I met Clef, anyway. Yeah. And then <laughs> <laughs> got to settle down there. Yeah, right. uh, yeah, the tables were terrible. I mean, it yeah. was it was not a good, but, but it was but perfect it was, for it was, yeah for me. That was that was awesome. So, oh man, 
I kind of feel bad. I, I feel like I don't have. Uh, There's one you know, more game you could draft as your. <laughs> he has pick. no idea. Though. He has no clue what it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple of, uh, you know, I mean, there's some stuff still rattling around in my head. You know, right, definitely right. very, okay. very important to me. But overall, I'm going to, you know, uh, Skull King was my sentimental enough pick. I'm just going with, <laughs> to me, this game and this very similar when you first started talking about a production game really kind of making a statement and then kind of you know bringing people in i kind of almost thought you were going to talk about this and i mean i agree with you that scythe was definitely long before this and 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 did this but this game brought its production level to a level that then made people go oh i'm willing to try this game out and it's a very heavy euro that before this game, you know, and this game is long before 10 years ago, but the new version was in within the past 10 years. The old version, people are like, that game is ugly, and only if you were a big fan of it did you play it. And that is Brass, okay? Brass is a very, to me, that brought a lot of people into heavier games because it was so, you know, it certainly had great art. It had a new version. Obviously, they did a great job with the poker chips and just everything about the thing. But, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, when Brass first came out, there was, I mean, I remember Corey used to just get annoyed because we'd talk about Brass so much. You know, I mean, that was all we were talking about for like six months, maybe longer, was Brass, 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 Brass. And I really feel like that was like one of, you know, I just one of those games that really went, kind of got cleaned up people were more interested in it and then found out, wow, this game is amazing. I mean, it made me pick Martin Wallace as one of my top designers and I don't think I'd played another game by him. So, you know, I mean, that was that influential. So yeah, for me, I'm going to go, you know, if you want to say Brass Birmingham, you know, just because that is obviously the game that came out within the past 10 years, but just Brass in general and the new versions from Roxley games. Yeah, from Roxley Mm -hmm. games. So, yeah. Yeah, agreed. uh, Like the Lacerda games, kind of did that but the Lacerda has its own group where I would say brass is spread more yeah general throughout our our hobby Agreed. more people will play brass than they would a Lacerda right those are a little bit more intimidating just looking at them right agreed all right Richie you got your last one here make right. it a good one Agricola all creatures big and small I said oh. make it a good one <laughs> I heard you I heard you Pick Agricola, and I was like, what? No, all creatures big and small. The first game I ever recorded. One of my favorite things oh. on the hobby is recording games, and luckily, I consider like my entrance into the hobby is when I created my Board Game Geek account, and that was 2014, mm-hmm. and that's when I started recording my plays. Okay. Uh, so I didn't miss much. I missed maybe like four months of playing games uh, with Jessica, and it was mainly just Ticket to Ride. I mean, we played Ticket to Ride almost every day, and we played a lot of Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small, but this was the first game I recorded, and I, I still record all of my game plays, and I like going back and looking, and helps jog the memory on some plays, some sure. nice memories and stuff like that, so uh, Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small. Uh, unfortunately nice. for me, mine, the spreadsheet got destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> Where did that notebook go? Also, a little side note, uh, I think All Creatures, Agricola, All Creatures Big and Small was one of the first games I ever sold to Josh Whiteley. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. So our good friend. So, yeah, so that was one of the first I, games I, I ever met. I Josh Medieval, what was the... Medieval the, Knights? No, the... 
it was a drafting game yeah, and you had just tracks. Yeah. 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 Medieval something. Me, uh, medieval Academy. Yes, that's oh, what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I met them where they used to have PretzCon. Oh, by yeah. that okay. pizza place by yeah. the Lagos. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh you know, there's some I, you know, I thought about Vinos in the uh, the the death spiral. <laughs> uh just for me, you know, I mean, you know, one of Chad nice just fun times or whatever. Sure. You know? Sure. Yeah. I remember sitting so. at your kitchen table and playing that the first time. I think that yeah. that was one of the first times I was over at your house, I think. Kemet was the one I was saying you could have drafted. Right. Kemet was, I, and I did think about that because right. that was the first game that I played with Richie. Yep, and I, I do. And I, well, I that distinctly, first game with all three of us played together. And that three one of us, was at my yeah. house. Yeah. And, I, and yeah. I remember Richie, like, the stuff was blinged out. He, like, had yeah. all the tiles, like, in these things. And I was like, wow, this guy is on it's top serious. of it. Yeah. <laughs> and, just, and that was when I think you, like, hid your notebook under the table. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> You carried the notebook around? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he brought it to my house a couple of times at least. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Man. You got to track down that notebook. I know, right? Oh, so good. <laughs> good. Uh, that, yeah, I think I had like a couple of pages of all work and no play in it too. Yeah. Uh. I think that worked out pretty well. Hopefully yeah, that's, yeah, you I know, so. Punch Punch enjoyed that, you know, so kind of a memory lane, but yet some important games to the hobby in the past 10 years also. Right. So, you know what we should do? Just keep this fun little drafting going. Okay. Okay. I mean, people are going to be listening to this right around a little thing called Christmas. Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, for any, for obviously not everybody uh, celebrates Christmas, but we certainly still have the time of year. And why don't we pick... A favorite Christmas movie, each of us. Yeah, let's say let's say favorite Christmas or holiday movie. How about that? Because then you can include like uh, the Hanukkah for people that celebrated or Kwanzaa or whatever. There we go. Absolutely, All I right. love it. You know, that would be a fun thing. And then when uh, people go and vote on the poll, they can you know they can throw in some of their favorite Christmas movies too. So I like it's that. It's always fun. Yep. All right, so we just go the same order as Chad get. No, let's re- let's re-roll. I, th- I think we should re-roll. Oh, we got re-roll oh, yeah. for this. Yeah, All come right, on, I've, come on. I've never, <laughs> I've never won a die roll come ever. On. So this will be the time. At- One, five. Ooh, Ooh roll off, roll, roll off. off. Okay, you get okay. the one that rolled the one. <laughs> Oh, you Ooh. win it. You won it. Right. Yeah, great. I win the one where I get to draft one thing. <laughs> one, one Christmas movie. Well, this is important. When Which, it's one thing, it's really important. Based Let's, on your taste, it won't be anything that we were thinking of. Yeah, right. Oh, is there a Euro trip where they go to see Santa? <laughs> well, I mean, there, there, there is. <laughs> there is a Euro trip there where is, they go see Santa? No, no, no. <laughs> But there is a, you know, a certain movie. But if you really had to pin me down and say, you know, hey, what is one movie? And this is, I mean, sure. I mean, it's going to be generic and, uh, you know, a lot of people probably, this is a movie that they enjoy, but I could watch Elf over and over and over again. I mean, Will Ferrell just at his best, just, just the overall feeling of the movie is just funny and just good feelings. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great older stuff that I could pick, but just right now, I mean, uh, sorry, I was going to... That's what behind me. I was like, <laughs> it's Will Ferrell. Uh, luckily, not in for you. Um, uh, no, I was going to ask you, uh, because this is why I thought that the roll-off was important, because it, it, it is one of our family's favorite, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, but I will say, uh, do you have a favorite line? Because, I mean, come on. If you've seen a movie a bunch of times, you're going to... Uh, I don't know if I would say... 
I mean, I, I, I love the scene where he's putting the syrup all over all the food, including the spaghetti, yeah. and the kids just kind of looking at him like, oh, my God, you know, uh, so. But uh, do you, I mean, do you have a favorite line? I, I, have, so, I have like, oh, gosh, I have many? so many. Yeah, uh, you know, the belching <laughs> one where he just belches for like oh. 30 seconds and goes, did you hear that? Okay, no, now that I think about it, I'm sorry. The best line is, he's an angry elf. Yeah, yeah. that is, and, you know, good old Peter Dinklinger, you know, just charging him. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> All right. I've, I've you, never. You've never seen no. it. See, I started watching it oh. and I fell asleep. Uh, never went back to it. Oh, so, so good. good. He keeps calling his 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 foster dad like every five minutes, and then and then his foster dad finally says, "Buddy, uh, don't call me again." He's like, "Okay, good idea. You call me. You call me." <laughs> <laughs> so good, buddy. The elf. What's your favorite color? <laughs> All right, Richie. I want to hear yours. Um, I mean, I, once again, mine's also kind of. Oh, generic almost or that's like right. standard, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm going, I mean, Christmas vacation has always been oh, one yeah, of that's my favorites. A classic. And oh. that was when I was in college, I had a DVD player and it got stuck in there, but it still played. Wow. So there was a, a time where like every night I would just put on Christmas vacation and just go to sleep to it. But fantastic movie. Oh, so good. So good. That is, that is a really good one. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of hard for me now because Elf was like the clear front runner and then there's a couple other ones. Obviously, like if Christmas, if the Christmas movie is on, I will still watch it. I think it's pretty classic, you know, uh, and, it, it, you know, there are some things that I totally identify with and love, <laughs> you know, like how he has a fantasy sequence of going blind when he, you know, his mom puts his soap in his mouth, mm. and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so great. But I think I'm going to go again with a sentimental pick that probably a lot of people haven't seen, but I used to watch it when it was an HBO special when I was a, a young, young kid. And that is Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, which is a Muppets. It's a Muppets movie. Okay. Okay. And it was a musical. And like I said, it is, it's sort of a gift of the Magi story where Emmett's mom, um, Emmett's mom is, she basically sells a lot of her sewing stuff so that Emmett can have a big, like, uh, he can have an instrument. I, I can't remember what it was. And then he, uh, he puts a hole in her wash tub so that he can give her something else, basically. I, I don't remember. Hmm. But anyway, their gifts end up kind of challenging each other. But he wins back money with a music contest, if I remember hmm. right. And it's just, it's great. And I will tell you that the other sentimental part of it is we have one of the Muppets used in that movie because Stephanie used to work for Jim Henson. And oh, so wow. nice. And so oh, very cool. we still have that because Side it was question. in a, a warehouse in New Jersey. Because how old is Finn? Finn's 12. Does he like, my kids hate Muppets, puppets, all the like. But I mean, I grew up like watching Fraggle Rock, Sesame Street, all that stuff oh, like yeah. that. So I loved it. But oh, for yeah. some reason, they do what? not like it. <laughs> I don't know all. if he hates it. If, if it's But they're good, not, he's not interested. If like my good, kids are not like interested it. in it at all. Yeah. But. So he will like some of it. But like he also has his mother's discerning eye. Like he'll, he'll be like. That's a crap puppet. That's an that's an awfully made puppet, you know, or something like that. But I mean, he will like some of that stuff, you yeah, know. But like my nieces and nephews, I, I noticed that as well. We were watching something, and the Muppets came up. None of them know who the Muppets were to yeah. begin with, and right. then there's really well, not like just, any like I think current that's computer animation Muppets now. and yeah. or anything like that. Now you so can yeah. do anything you can imagine now on right. screen, yeah. and so Muppets don't hold as much. You know, right. like if you if you showed somebody the Dark Crystal. Right with all those amazing, oh, such yeah. a good movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, and but then you did somebody else. Like, yeah, this is what terrible. is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. show yeah. me, show me the computer animation version. Right. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. So yeah. I think yeah. that's part of it. Uh, 
Whatever you just said, can you text that to me so I'll be able to write it down for, <laughs> sure. for, for the guild? Sure. I'll, I'll help you put it in your notebook. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that's good. Hey, so we should, uh, we're going to do our BGG, right? Our BGG top top 100 thing? Yeah, but yeah. we really should tell people what they can do with all their bits. I'll tell you what you can do with your bits. Hey, Punch Bunch. Are you tired of having all your resources and chits all over the table? Well, do I have a solution for you? Magnetic hex trays from 3D Bitspace. They will keep your table organized and be a huge space saver. So head on over to 3D Bitspace at Etsy.com and order yours today. And if you mention Punchboard Paradise, you're going to get a free hex tray. We actually missed this last time because normally we do it with our reviews, but we were in that foreign world when we were, you know, doing that review. Yeah. Just everything was kind of upside down. World. Upside down. Discombobulated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and throw it in for this episode. And yeah. So actually get two episodes in a row that we'll have a little bit of the uh, BGG top uh, 100. We're ready now for number 80 through 76. And we're going to start off with number 80 as Architects of the West kingdom all right we, we did play this yeah we reviewed it that's right uh i'm getting confused what which one is it <laughs> this is one where you're rounding up people yeah like oh, sending them to, okay. pr- to prison the more you send gets you better actions and then yep. people can, and then try, people to can try to capture you okay. yeah yep. all right it was a fine game i think we've all gotten rid of our copies at some point yeah i don't own one anymore yeah i i didn't own it and knew that i didn't really need to own it i think i I think we've even done the look back for this, but it, it probably, yeah, it was a, cause it was long enough ago, but it was a, I think I rated it a three. I, I don't see any problem with it. It just wasn't, I would probably be at about a three. So, yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. nothing, just not a game I'm going to be looking to play anymore. Right. You know, it's, it's just fine not for our place. kind of game yeah, where we're at. I, we played no. it four or five times. I mean, yeah. for, yeah. And it, it, I mean, still doing well. I know it has a couple of expansions. Yeah. So. yeah which might even, you know, make yeah. it more interesting. I don't know, mm-hmm. but. Yeah. I actually feel like they kind of get better every time because I think I like the Paladins. Paladins the new one. I liked it better than, than it. And, yeah. yeah. And then Viscounts. Was yep. Viscounts the next one after yep. that? Was that the next one? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. maybe I liked that one even better. I can't even remember now. I don't remember they, either. They're obviously. The they're starting to blend for blend me a little bit. bit. Yeah. Agreed. Well, and he's going to do a South a South Seas one or something, I think. Next. Is that the next yeah, uh, so. trilogy? So, yeah. Okay. All right. Number 79 Tainted Grail. The Fall of Avalon. Oh, man. I have no idea what this game is. Uh, it is a Awakened Realms deep kind of, uh, you know, like, mini- like RPG miniature yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's sort of like a really dark retelling of the Arthurian tales, I think. Ooh. You know, obviously Avalon. But I, as far as I know, that's kind of how it goes. Now, I, if I remember right, like tons of rule book um esoteric things that were that had issues with it i did not play this i should be up front but that's what i remember about it i got offered it in a trade someone was looking for orleans the deluxe version they're like well i have tainted grail i was like well it's not on my trade list so (laughs) right (laughs) i can't help you (laughs) i do love when somebody will do that and be like hey i got this game uh great (laughs) i'm not interested my trade list is up to date (laughs) it's not on there uh, uh, it's something I would play if it was put in front of me, but I, I know it's, I think this was on like GameFound or, but 
super expensive, uh, like Kickstarter ish. Yeah, like game. lots and lots yeah. of expansions and content mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, gotcha. Right. It's 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 one that again I would play, but I would never seek out to play. You know. All right, uh, seventy eight, Key Flower. Oh, I just played this here a couple of weeks ago. Really? Oh, really? How yeah. many players? Three. Yeah, three. Uh, it was me and Dan and uh, Jeff, my friend Jeff, and we were All teaching right. him. And, oh, so uh, no expansions. So you know, I don't own. You don't even own the either expansions. one of those expansions. And I was. I think you really like the that. merchant. I need to, yeah, yeah. I would really the merchant love expansion. That. You, I think don't you don't really need like. the animals, the farmers one. No, but the, but the merchant one is interesting. But still, uh, this is a game that has plenty enough in the box without the expansions. Even I feel like the only thing is that we've knocked it for, and I totally agree. Which is, you don't want to, even though it plays up to six, I wouldn't recommend it because <laughs> no. you got to play on other people's board, and it's just like you can't no. at that point you can't see what everybody else has you can't do a worker placement on something way way across the table to six players so. yeah three is the top yeah, yeah. i think that's probably and pretty for some reason like back in like episode two or something i tried to argue that this wasn't an auction game with chad <laughs> i was an idiot when i was first doing this stuff <laughs> <laughs> so what are you rating it uh, i'm gonna give it a solid five yeah I, I would come in at a five as well it unfortunately though it does not get off my shelf often and yeah i don't know why because like i said when i yeah. played it the other day i was like this is a great game i, I think need the to reason is you, you're like i need to play this with somebody but it isn't always the very smoothest teach it's not really hard but it like there are other games that are a little bit easier to teach yeah but i love the blend of mechanisms it's got some pickup and deliver mm-hmm. it's got the worker placement it's got the auction all that stuff you know i'm somewhere in between a five and a six but i don't think this game has ever made it to my top 10 and i don't think i've taken it seriously like that so i'll probably give it a really high five all right. Uh, next one. Going to be another game we're just going to skip. It's Agricola, the revised edition. Did we already do Agricola or are no, we doing it later? It's okay. coming okay. up. Doing it's it another later. one okay. of these that, yeah, just okay. is double dinged here. So we'll okay. just skip it. Okay. All right. So the last one that we will do today then is number 76. And talk about an important game for me over the past 10 years would have definitely been this one is Lords of Waterdeep. This was definitely one of the first worker placement type of games that I played. And my wife and I played it a ton when I first had it. And this game still does worker placement better than a lot of newer games out there. Meaning that it still has a build to it. You know, like you can get out buildings which change the board space. I mean, it is very gateway, right? But still, it does some things in worker placement better than some of the newer games that are coming out. If somebody was to say to me, what's a good worker placement game that's a, you know, for gateway type of person... You know, especially if you like the Dungeons and Dragons type of theme, it is great for that. Absolutely. So, and the corruption and skulls or skulls. Yeah, and the scoundrels, uh, the expansion. Yeah, yeah, yeah really it's helped. Made it. Yeah, I mm-hmm. liked that part. It definitely made it much better. Yeah, we have that too. It's, it's Scoundrels of Skullport. Yeah, and it yeah. is. Uh, I don't even know that I play with the. You can play with either the stuff that makes you take that sort of corruption stuff, and then you can play with like the bigger point cards. Sometimes the bigger point cards stretch the game out a little bit because you have more time that you have to accrue some of those larger resource, bigger point cards. So I don't always play with that, but the, the scoundrels corruption part is, is really great. You know, we're going to go on and do number 75 since we, we got to rate one. that one. Oh, well, before we do that, let's rate that one. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, I wouldn't give it a six, but I'd say in my family, like this is a game I can almost always get out. We like this game. It's, it does what it does. So, so well. Five. I, 
I still own it. It's it's probably really a four point five for me, but I'll give it I'll give it the four. Uh, once Knox is old enough, I think this is one that he'll enjoy quite a bit. So mm. I'm gonna I'm gonna come in at the four. Might it might get back up to the five? I, I mm. bet you when, when I first got it, I would have given it a five. Knox oh. would like it too because the intrigue yeah. cards. He'd like yeah. he, he'd like the <laughs> intrigue. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a tough one for me because I mean, as you said, this was probably a six for me at some point because mm-hmm. I mean it was one of my favorite games, and I you know we played it all the time. It has certainly dropped significantly for me, and I'm not you know I don't have younger children to bring that to somebody so there's not anybody that I'm looking forward to. I still own it for one reason. My wife won't let me sell it. Uh, <laughs> she basically still forces me to play it like once a year. I would say now I'm not excited to play it. I'm going to come in at a three mm-hmm. of for me now, but it was a six for me at one point. It's still a great game. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, just because it's thematic and I know Finn really appreciates that. We got the, uh, all the warrior and mage meeples and all that kind of stuff for it. Too, that is cool. Which yep. is kind of fun. Nice. So. You know what? I'm a, we're going to throw in number 75. Okay. Okay. Because we skipped that one. You know, I mean, right. feel, feel bad. We're kind of, you know. All right. All right. Yeah. So we'll just, you know, uh, you know, if we got to do six one episode or something, what, you know, who cares, right? Yeah, this yeah. Is, hey, we'll just this do This is whatever. our podcast, We're, We'll right? eventually get to one. That's yeah, all that Eventually, okay. yeah. And I'm going to tell you, just because it's one of my favorite games, number 75, <laughs> Dominant Species. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, talk about mean. Oh, man. I'll still never forget the time. Where Richie no. could have wiped me <laughs> off the board. Never again. And I talked him out of it. That is so unrichy. And then I won very, the game. Very, yeah, and then so he won the game. Good. That was un unrichy. Oh, it I was can't like believe I talked about him too. <laughs> it was like turn two, right? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. you were like done. I was done. I I mean, yeah. And uh, yeah, done. I could have just completely knocked him out of the game. And just, I don't even know what I I did something else that was stupid. Instead it didn't, of didn't really help. It didn't help me, you. no. Just I left me that go. sliver, that sliver <laughs> to get back in there. You didn't have the killer instinct. I don't know why. I'd, you should have Dan double bank, uh, Dan Detroit bankruptcyed him. <laughs> I should have. I don't know. I don't know what was happening that day. You caught me on a good day. Uh, it was a GMT game. It is. It's a. It's a card. Like the cards are really kind of the thing that kind of drive the game. But you have these. Each person has their own uh, animal that they play, and you're trying to get your cubes out and trying to score points and stuff in different ways area majority you know kind of yeah and and it's just it's mean it is definitely a game where you are in each other's face and so if you like those type of games it's great if you don't you're probably not going to like it this is a absolute 100 percent solid six for me no also interesting because of the worker placement mechanism that lets you resolve as you go down the board basically so yep. trying to plan that is very interesting yep so yep so, yeah, five for me. It, it's fantastic game. I don't know if it could ever crack my top ten, but it's it's a fantastic game. And I I do like it more than Marine. Well, remember yeah. sixes are games that could potentially Potential, yeah. be in a in a top ten. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think it would potentially it's ever. Probably make not it gonna, there, but. It's not going to quite make my top yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, but it certainly is good enough to be in the top ten. So that's why I give it a six. Mine is going to be like Richie a five right up there for me, but not a contender for my top ten. But I will say. Uh, by the way, I, I was happy to look back and remember that uh, Dominant Species Marine is a 2021 game. So that oh, yes. good. was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a good thing. All right, folks. Are we done? Yeah, we We're are. Done. That that wraps this up. Uh, the next time you'll be hearing from us, it will be a review. And I'll tell you what, we're 
we're prepared for it. So we can already tell you that uh, the review is going to be Brian Boru. I don't even think he cares Brian. to review the game. He, he just wants he to do He just this. wanted to do that he chant. He just wants to do that yeah. <laughs> And honestly, he did it during the entire game. I don't even know if he really <laughs> knew what was happening during no, the game. And yet he won the and game. He, he won. just kind of was like, I, I couldn't even tell if he liked the game, which we'll, we'll have to find out. But he, he likes just, chanting. We so know he that. he like chanting. <laughs> Oh boy! All right. uh, yes. So yeah, look Good forward story. to that. Look forward to more BGG goodness and some more plays and uh, punch punch. We will talk at you soon. Please uh, don't forget to send us those clips. We're really enjoying hearing from from you, and uh, so that's great. And uh, you know, check out our social medias where we have all this the stuff about the uh, PPCon. But Ooh. punch punch, take care of yourselves. Please take care of each other. All right, everybody, have a great night. Thanks for listening. Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. Derek Jeter. 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 Tip your cap! Tip your cap, Jeter! Tip your cap! He's not tipping his cap! Tip your cap! Yeah, he did it. He did it. Derek Jeter! Derek Jeter! Derek Jeter! Jeter! Hey, Jeter! Hey, Derek Jeter! Hey, Jeter! Hey! Derek Jeter! Hey! Number two! Hey, Derek Jeter! Hey, Derek Jeter! I'm watching you! I'm watching you, Derek Jeter! You! Yeah, you, Derek Jeter! Hey, Derek Jeter! I'm not going anywhere, Derek Jeter. I'm staying right here, Derek Jeter. Hey, Derek Jeter, you're a bum. You're a bum. You're a bum. I respect you, Derek Jeter, but I don't like you.
I like you, Jarek Dina, a lot. I like you. I actually like you. But you're still a bum. You're a bum. Look at me, Gina. Gina, look at me. I came here to cheer you on. Look at me. Derek Gina. Tonight in your dreams, you know what you're going to hear? Derek Gina. Derek Gina. Derek Gina. Go to sleep, Derek Gina. Have a good night, Derek Gina. Good night, Derek Gina. We love you. We love you, Derek Gina. Hey, Gina, we love you. Hey, Jay Stick, we love you. Derek. Derek. Hey, Derek. We love you. If I could get my hands on you, I would kiss you on the mouth. And I don't care who's watching. I don't care. Because you're Derek Jeter.